Shalom. Welcome. Sorry about all that to start the <laughs> broadcast. I guess third time is a charm. Uh, I'm a little scattered this morning. As you can see, I was in the wrong studio uh, and then moved on to another wrong studio. But we have finally found Let's Talk Torah. So I'm so glad that you are here. Apologies for all that confusion. I'll try to get that edited out after this. <laughs> so anyways, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thankful that it's a new week, Sunday morning, great time to start over, refreshed after Shabbat. I hope that you're able to just glean and learn, lean on the Father. Uh, he provides all. What a wonderful word this morning from Robert. You know, we all have and do experience those times of loneliness, and it can be quite depressing and um you know, but then again, that is also one of Hasatan's tools that he uses against us to where we think that nobody is on our side. But we know Yah is always there to the right and to the left of us, always there comforting us, protecting us as long as we allow him into our lives and allow him in our mind and our heart. So that was a great word to start the week. So. We are now going to dive into some Torah, and this is actually our last portion of this cycle. It's amazing that we are all the way to the end of Deuteronomy. That will be, of course, uh, this upcoming Shabbat, we'll be discussing that portion. Today, I am going to be doing the half Torah out of Joshua 1, verses 1 through 18, and the Besora Acts chapter 1, 1 through 14. So let's get going. So I am, uh, last few weeks, we've just been kind of reading through a commentary. Uh, you can read along with me, and uh, then we're going to jump over into the Basor portion. 
I've got some notes as well as a Charles Spurgeon commentary. I'd like to add to that. I always love his words and uh, how he, everything he says is still so relevant in today's time, even though it's uh, from the 1800s. So let's start in Joshua chapter one. Now, after the death of Moshe, the servant of Yahuwah, after the completion of the 30 days mourning for this great prophet, whom Yahuwah so signally distinguished, it came to pass that Yahuwah spake unto Yahshua, the son of Nun, Moshe's minister, not his servant, but his assistant, who had been pointed out some time before as a successor of Moshe, had been expressed, designated by such as Moshe, and had appeared before the people in that capacity, saying, Moshe, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, though and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even the children of Israel. For Canaan proper was always spoken of as including the territory west of the Jordan only. These words were not spoken to Joshua through the high priest Urim and Thummim, upon which he had been told to rely in case of difficult questions, but were an immediate revelation of the divine will, in the same way in which Yahuwah had communicated with Moshe. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moshe. From the wilderness, the desert of Arabia on the south and southeast, and this Lebanon, the mountain range in the north, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, who apparently had been overlords of this entire region at one time and were still occupying the country northwest of the Sea of Chinnereth, afterward that of Galilee, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, the Mediterranean Sea, shall be your coast. Verse 5. There shall not any man, namely of the kings and inhabitants of the country, be able to stand before thee, withstand him successfully, all the days of thy life. As I with Moshe, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. Let him sink down in helplessness by withdrawing his hand, nor forsake thee. Verse 6. Be strong, firm, mighty in the trust of Yahweh and of the and of a good courage altogether undismayed he must lay hold boldly and with a strong hand and when he has done so allow nothing to drive him from his position of firm adherence to Yahweh for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them this condition is still further expanded. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, said with greater emphasis than in verse 6. 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moshe, my servant, commanded thee. For the leader of the people must be an example to all his followers. Turn not from it, namely from the roll of the written Torah, as it was preserved in the Ark of the Covenant. To the right hand or to the left, as the slightest deviation was a transgression, that thou mayest prosper, make use of the good wisdom, and thus be successful wheresoever thou goest. Verse 8. This book of the Torah, as it has been written by Moshe and delivered into the hands of the priest, shall not depart out of thy mouth. He should teach it, study it, discuss it. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, trying to penetrate ever more deeply into its scope and meaning, and thus becoming qualified to speak more clearly, pointedly, and powerfully to the people, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, namely in the thoughts of the hearts and in the deeds of the hands. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, make headway on the path of duty before him, and thou, and then thou shalt have good success because of the application of practical wisdom given by Yahuwah. Yahuwah now summarizes his charge to Joshua, introducing it by a theoretical question for the sake of greater effect. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For Yahuwah thy Elohim is with thee whithsoever thou goest. Thus the assurance gains in strength when to the positive command to be courageous is added to the negative, to lay aside all fear, as in Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Yahuwah Eloheka, he it is that goes with you. He will not fail you, nor forsake you. And Moshe called unto Yeshua, and said unto him in the sight of all Yasharel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people unto the land which Yahuwah has sworn seven oaths unto their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And Yahuwah, he it is that goes before you, he will be with you, he will not fail you, neither forsake you, fear not, neither be dismayed. What a wonderful promise. Christians have a similar promise of victory over all our enemies and the eventual enjoyment of the heavenly happiness. But we also have the command of Elohim to read, study, and hear the word of Elohim, to arrange our whole life in accordance with its precepts. Then we also shall have success in the things we undertake under the guidance of Elohim. On to verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people. For as keepers of this genealogical records, they were also superintendents of the mustering and were primarily concerned 
with any order pertaining to the mobilizing of the army, saying, prepare you victuals, food for a journey or campaign. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan, along with along whose eastern banks their encampment extended, to go in to possess the land which Yahweh your Elohim giveth you to possess it. This order went forth on the seventh of Nisan. And the Reubenites and the Gedites and to half the tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua saying, Remember the word which Moshe, the servant of Yahuwah, this being the usual manner in which he is now referred to, commanding, commanded you, saying, Yahuwah, your Elohim, hath given you rest, having permitted them to settle in peace, and hath given you this land. They had their possession on the east side of Jordan. Verse 14. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land with Moshe, which Moshe gave you on this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, fully equipped, and arrayed in battle order, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. Until Yahweh have given your brethren rest, as he hath given you, and they also have possessed the land, which Yahweh your Elohim giveth, you, giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it. Make use of all the owner's privileges, which Moshe, Yahweh's servant, gave you on this side, Jordan, toward the sun rising. Verse 16. I'm sorry, I think I went a little bit. Oh, I got till 18. Here we go. 16. And they answered Joshua, saying, all that thou commandest us will we do, and whithsoever thou sendest us we will go. A fine expression of allegiance and loyalty, of obedience and brotherly love. According as we hearkened unto Moshe in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only Yahuwah, thy Elohim, be with thee as he was with Moshe. With this assurance and guarantee, they were ready to follow Joshua anywhere. And last chapter, verse 18. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. This is a call with which the two and one half tribes intended to give Joshua the assurance which he needed at the time, at the beginning of this difficult work, that he could depend upon the people whom Yahweh had given into his charge. In this new covenant, it is also the will of Elohim that his children help one another in the severe spiritual battles which they must fight, giving one another all possible encouragement at all times, they are assured even now of eventual entrance into their rest. He who follows the word of Elohim acts wisely and happily, but he who follows his own reason acts unwisely and to no profit. That's wonderful. You know, we all are dealing with so many spiritual attacks. That's why my wife and Lee felt 
the urge last Thursday to have our discussion on the armor of Yah because it's prevalent everywhere. Everyone is going through these in one way or another, whether it be personal relationships or just Hasatan and his minions trying to discourage you to bring that thought of loneliness into your mind so that you feel alone and cast out forsaken. But we know we are not. And he and our father will never forsake us. He is always there for us to lift us up and fill us with strength in his Ruach. So let's move on to our Besor portion. And this is going to be Acts chapter 1. 1 through 14. That's right, Ren Tin Tin. Armor up, Buttercup. That was a, a wonderful study. I so enjoyed that. It, it really brought so much strength to my life, just going over the different pieces of armor and how important not only one, but all of them. You must have them all on into, in order to be fully covered and protected. So please check out that episode if you haven't seen that yet on Between the River and the Ravens. Okay, Acts chapter 1. The former Chitsi that I have made, O Theopilus, of all that Yahushua began both to do and teach. The former account is the Gospel of Luke. At one time, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts were actually joined together as one book with two volumes. This is a summary of his former treatise. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly or not. Hopefully I am. Treatise. His gospel, which gave an account of what Messiah began to do and did. This man might have been a Christian wanting instruction. He might have been a Roman official being briefed by Luke about the history of this movement or the name could be symbolic because the name does mean God lover, Elohim lover, a lover, a friend of Elohim. Luke's gospel describes only the beginning of Messiah's work. Acts describes its continuation and the work of Messiah continues to our present day. In John 3 verse 2, the same came to Yahushua by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from Elohim, for no man can do these miracles that you do except Elohim be with him. Verse 2, unto the day in which he was taken up, after that, through the Ruach HaKodesh, he had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And we see this day was the 40th day after his resurrection, that number is all throughout the scriptures, the 40 days, the 40 years. Uh, just amazing that the connections and parallels to all the other important events that we see through time. Particularly, this command was to preach the gospel to all nations. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Ruach HaKodesh. Luke 24, 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And that's something we should pray for each and every day, for that wisdom and understanding 
of his word and scriptures because it is alive. It's ever evolving and moving each and every day, depending on what you're experiencing in your life. So we need to have, as we allow that Ruach into ourselves, that will allow further understanding into his word. Acts 1-3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of Elohim. Yahushua also established the fact of his resurrection, leaving no possible doubt that he was resurrected, exactly as he had promised. More than 500 people saw the resurrected Messiah, and most of them were still alive some 25 years later in the days of Paul's ministry. The teaching Yahushua gave during the period after his resurrection and before his ascension is not recorded, but we are told that he used that time to speak of the things pertaining to the kingdom of Yahuwah. I do have a few things here from Charles Spurgeon. He breaks down these first 12 verses. So this first section is going to go through the first three. And I may change a few of his names that he has. The resurrection of Messiah, as we have often said, is the best attested of all historical facts. There is not half as much reason to be sure that Napoleon Bonaparte was ever taken to St. Helena as to believe that Yahushua Hamashiach was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. If the resurrection of Messiah is not credible, there remains nothing credible in history. I go further than that and say that the news of yesterday, which you read in the morning's paper, you had no right to believe if you do not believe in Messiah's resurrection. For the evidence in its favor is not half as strong as the evidence concerning the resurrection of Messiah from the dead. Remember that this feat was attested by men who could not be deceived concerning it and who sealed with their blood as well as with their unfaltering testimony, their solemn belief that they had touched him, that they had spoken to him, that they had listened to him, that they had eaten with him, and had seen him eat of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb after he rose from the grave. We know that Messiah has risen from the dead. This is the one, this is one of the great cornerstones of the Christian faith. Fall back on that in every time of doubt and your fears will speedily disappear. You know, so amazing that, you know, blessed are those that have never seen him yet believe in him. You know, these apostles walked with him, spoke with him, ate with him. And yet he was telling them that the people in the future, you know, blessed are them that believe on me and have not seen me. Just amazing. Let's go to verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, Ye have heard of me. Yahushua knew that they really could do nothing effective for the kingdom of Yah until that spirit came, the Ruach HaKodesh. 
To wait means that they would be tested by waiting. I'm sorry. To wait means they must receive it. They couldn't create it for themselves. It also means that they would be tested by waiting at least a little time. It is significant that this coming, this feeling and empowering of the Ruach HaKodesh is called the promise of the Father. And we have that in our lives. He's made so many promises to us. And we can obtain that Ruach, that, that Holy Spirit of the Father in our own lives. It shows that the promise belongs to all His children since it comes from Yah as our Father. It shows that it must be received by faith, as is the pattern with the promise of Yahuwah throughout the Bible. Verse 5. For Yahuqanun truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Ruach HaKodesh, not many days hence. The idea of being baptized is to be immersed or covered over in something even as John baptized people in water. So these disciples would be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh. Describe the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a condition rather than an experience. We should perhaps ask, are you baptized in the Ruach HaKodesh? Instead of asking, have you been baptized in the Ruach HaKodesh? You know, it's one thing to have been baptized as a young person uh, at one point in your life. But if you're not currently still living in that baptism, doesn't mean that you're going to be saved and that you have that Ruach inside you, the, the promise and the word of Elohim. We must continue to keep that inside of us to live each and every day baptized in that Ruach. It would be days from now. But not many days. Yahusha had a purpose in not telling them exactly when this would come. You know, there's that patience, that long suffering. I can't imagine the, the anxiety and just worry they were experiencing, not knowing, you know, when it was going to come. They, they trusted the Father. They knew it was coming, but they had no time. They had no idea. Similar to the second coming. We know it's coming, but we don't know when. We just must be ready and prepared for that time and to receive it. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Adonai, will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Yasharel? This was a question asked many times before, but it had a special relevance now. They knew that Messiah had instituted this new covenant. In Luke 22, 2 verse 20 likewise also the cup after supper saying this cup is the renewed covenant in my blood which is shed for you it's not a new covenant it's a renewed covenant that's so important the difference in that you know it was not nailed to the cross the torah is not done away with the law has been renewed so important all right, I think I have another quick little commentary from Spurgeon through these verses 4 through 6. They had not got rid of their old ideas concerning a kingdom visible among men. 
they still clung to the idea of a temporal kingdom of Israel. There were a kingdom all there was a kingdom already established in Mashiach, but in the sense in which they understood the word, they were sadly in error. So verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Yahushua warned the disciples against inquiring into aspects of the timing of Yah's kingdom, because those things belong to Yahuwah, the Father alone. It was good for the disciples to not know that the full restoration of the kingdom of Israel that they had hoped would happen soon would not come for thousands of years. It might have discouraged them in the walk they had to do right then and might make them think less of the aspect of the kingdom of Yah that was present with them. Yahushua also showed his submission to the Father. His submission to the Father was not temporary, but eternal. You know, he says, I, not even I know that day or hour. And I just, I feel like, you know, there's so many people trying to figure out that time and day. There may be hints and years that can be unlocked, but I'm going to spend my time preparing for that day, whether it's tomorrow or after I pass from this earth. I just want to be ready and know that I will be saved, that my Ruach is flowing, that my soul is right with righteousness and glory to the Father, and that I'm pleasing Him each and every day with those fruits of the Spirit blessing those that I come in contact to, spreading the word and feeding his flock that we're commanded to do. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Ruach HaKodesh is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Yehud, and of Ashamaron, and unto the utmost part of the earth. Notice that this really wasn't a command. It was a simple statement of fact. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses of me. Messiah didn't recommend that they become witnesses. He said they will be witnesses. They would be witnesses. If we want to be witnesses, we need to be filled with that Ruach HaKodesh. The best training program for ministering to those is of little effect, effectiveness without the feeling of the Ruach. You know, when our eyes were open, when we came to this truth, we just wanted to share it with as many of those as we could, whether they had faith or none. It's what we're commissioned to do, and it's just brought so much joy to our lives. We want to share that good word to others because it has really been a blessing more than we ever knew growing up in uh, religion, in church. It, it has just brought on a whole new meaning and importance. We know that our time is coming near and we want everyone to be saved. We want to spread that word to the four corners so that everyone knows the truth and the good word. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Ruach HaKodesh, 
teaching them to guard all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And that is our great commission, you know, to do those things, to teach the commandments, to guard them, to stand bold for him until the end, to endure until that end time. And I truly feel that by doing those things, by keeping his commandments and guarding them, he will shelter us under his wing and allow us to endure until that end time through all those trials and tribulations that are upon us. All right. Another commentary here from Spurgeon for verses 7 and 8. As indeed they were, for they went everywhere testifying to what they had seen and heard. And very many were the conversions that followed. We want the same power to rest upon us now that rested upon them when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Amen. We want that Holy Spirit, that Ruach HaKodesh, to flow through us each and every day. To meditate on His Word day and night will allow that. It will allow uh, the fruits of the Spirit to come out of you, and it will cast out that wickedness that is trying to seep in. Verse 9, And when He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. It was important for Yahushua to leave his disciples in this manner. In theory, he certainly could have simply vanished to heaven and the Father's presence in a secret sort of way. But by ascending in this manner, Yahushua wanted his followers to know that he was gone for good, as opposed to the way he appeared and reappeared during the 40 days after his resurrection. The cloud that received him is suggestive of the cloud of glory called the Sek Sekinah that is associated with the presence of Yah in the Old and New Testaments. I've got a clip here that I want to try to share with you guys from the Kingdom AD. The Bible continues in a wonderful series that unfortunately they stopped after the first season. Um, but this this clip just gives me chills every time I see it. And I know that it can't even do justice to what actually happened uh, as he rose up into heavens in the cloud. But it gives you an idea of the glory and the majesty of the heavens and of the power that he and the father have together. Let's see here. Okay. Hope this works for everybody. Of course it didn't work. Let's see if I can get back to my spot. Our Father in heaven. Well. 
technology is never your friend when you need it to work. Of course, I spent plenty of time making sure that this was going to work. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Sorry, I just realized I was on mute. All kinds of technical difficulties today. Not my finest hour, but let's continue. <laughs> Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These two men, apparently angels, some believe could have been Moses and Elijah, told the disciples to put their attention in the right place, which was the obedience to Messiah's command to return back to Jerusalem. Not in wondering where and how Yahushua went, 
Yahushua told them to go to the ends of the earth, and they stood gazing up into heaven. Luke wrote before concerning the two men in shining garments, who said to the women at the sepulcher, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. These two men in white apparel now ask an equally appropriate question. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galil, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Yahusha, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. This is a glorious phrase. It reminds us that the Messiah ascended to heaven and seated at the right hand of Yah, the Father, is the same Yahusha of the Gospels. He is the same Yahusha of love, grace, goodness, wisdom, and care. He left physically and will so come in that like manner. He left visibly and will so come in like manner. He left from the Mount from the Mount of Olives and will so come in like manner, referenced in Zechariah chapter 14. Verse 12. Then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Avlet, which is from Jerusalem a Shabbat's day's journey. The Mount of Olives was just outside of ancient Jerusalem. This describes a short distance, about a half an hour walk, the only kind which was allowed on the Shabbat. Verse 13, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Kepha and Yaakov and Yochanan and Andrai, Philip and Tamal, Bar Tamai and Mariahu, Yaakov the son of Seleph, and Shimon the zealot, and Yehuda the brother of Yaakov. Acts 1.15 tells us that there were about 120 people present. This included the 11 disciples, the 12 minus Judas, along with Mary, the mother of Yahushua, the brothers of Yahushua, such as James and Jude, the women who followed Yahushua, and others. Acts 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Miriam, the mother of Yahushua, and with his brethren. Some have translated with the women as with their wives, a reference to the wives of the apostles. Already we see three important steps in making godly decisions. The disciples were in obedience, they were in fellowship, and they were in prayer. This is notable unity. When we saw the disciples in the Gospels, it seemed that they always fought and bickered. Their differences were still there, but the resurrected Yahushua in their hearts was greater than any difference. That is so important to us today as, the, as us in this body. You know, we all have different beliefs. We all see things differently. Even me and my wife have differences of opinions. But if we bicker and fight with each other over that, it's just going to tear us apart. 
we must join together in the one thing that we all believe and have in common of, that Yahusha is the son of the father. He died and was resurrected, removed all of our sins, made us white as snow, allowed us to have everlasting life with him and the father, Yahuwah. So that is all I have today. I am going to try to share one more clip with you if I can get that to work. And then we will just end on that note. Thank you again, everybody in the comments that tuned in today. I do apologize for some technical difficulties. It happens every once in a while. And uh, we'll just make sure that uh, we have it under lock a little bit better for next time. So this last portion here is going to be uh, the moment that they were waiting for. They were praying to Yah. They had been waiting days for that Ruach HaKadosh to fill them up so that they could go on that great commission to all the nations to spread his word. And this is just an interpretation of that. Uh, but I think it, it does show the power, the fire that we can all have on our tongues and in our spirit, in our mind, the power of Yah. So thank you everyone for joining. We'll see you next week. Now we can leave this place.